you know, we want to welcome everybody here. Everything all at once. Everything all at once. Hello, and welcome to Everything at Once. We want to start off this show by thanking our Patreon producers, Josh W., Sadie M., and Brian G. You guys are awesome. You're incredible. You're fantastic. We love you. And you know what? Anyone else out there, you can be a Patreon supporter as well. Supporting us on Patreon is an awesome way to say thank you and show love for your favorite eerie podcasters. We would like to th- also like to thank our sponsors. Yes, we have sponsors. We got now. a few. Yeah, it's incredible. You could so, be a sponsor too if you wanted. It's incredibly sure. cheap, and it helps spread brand awareness and let the people know about all the awesome things you have going on. You should really check it out. We'll promote your events. We'll promote your business. We'll promote anything that you ask us to, basically. And uh, we got a couple that uh, we'd like to promote right now. That's right. First off. AFB Services. Much like this show, they do a little bit of everything at once. AFB Services specializes in landscape and property maintenance needs. This means they can take care of all your lawn care needs. Everything from reseeding yards, flower bed cleanouts, tree work, edging, and other miscellaneous maintenance needs. Check out their website at afbservicesllc.com or give Aaron a call at 814-528-7464. And moving on, friends of the show and past guests Cauldron and Thorn, a metaphysical shop right here in Erie, is located just west of the Colony Plaza on West 8th Street. It is the world's largest witchcraft store featuring a smorgasbord of crystals, Books, ceremonial supplies, tarot and oracle cards, herbs, incenses, and self-care items. It's a real grocery store for the soul. Cauldron and Thorn is open seven days a week and 24 hours online at www.cauldronandthorn.com. We also want to promote another friend of the show, female-fronted symphonic metal band Eden on Fire. These guys rock, and Eden on Fire will be making their debut this Saturday at the King's Rook Club alongside local punk metal band Mala Sangre. $5 is going to get you through that door and into a cornucopia of metal madness only at the King's Rook Club. Don't sleep on Eden on Fire's new single, available on all streaming platforms, Fallen. And now, the reason you're all here, the great, the powerful, the incredible Dave Tamulonis. Marketing and Events Director at the Erie Downtown Partnership. He does so many great things for this city, and we really appreciate him. I had no idea what they were doing, and it's nothing but positive things here in our local community. Dave's an awesome guy. We've both lived here our whole lives, and uh, some of the stuff that he was bringing up to us was brand new, brand new, awesome information. Everything that uh, we talked about throughout the episode was a learning experience and really bolsters our love for the city that we live in. That's right, Dave. And without further ado, we give you guys what you've all came here for, what you've all been waiting for, Dave Tamulonis. Welcome to another incredible, mind-blowing, jaw-dropping, face-numbing episode of (laughs) Everything at Once. My face is numb. My face, (laughs) I can't feel my face. (laughs) Only when I'm with you, though, Dave. (laughs) That's another uh, episode for another time. Another episode (laughs) for another time. Today we have with us the, the great and powerful, fabled, 
been talked about on this podcast many times. Really? A couple times. We, people <laughs> brought you up that we need, well, maybe not on the podcast, but people were like, oh, you need to get Dave on. You oh. need to get Dave on. Well, so we that's have, great. We have, double, yeah, we have double Daves here. And uh, the Dave that you're not used to, Dave Tamulonis from the Erie Downtown Partnership. Yes. And many local bands. Uh, I can't think of the right word, like featured artist. Yeah, I would say multi-instrumentalist. Um, I play in I play in a bunch of bands, violin, piano, guitar, uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, you're all over the place. I think I've seen you perform with like three different ensembles of people. Yeah, at least. Yeah, <laughs> up to, yeah, right now it's probably yeah, five or six. You and wow. like Steven Trahosky are like all in every single band everywhere. Yeah, Steve... Uh, Mike Russo, I feel like there's a lot of the these guys and now um, Lizzie Jurich who, who plays drums is I feel like there's a lot of these musicians that are just kind of floating, don't uh, have mercenaries in right. the very scene that just kind of you know help help people out and We're, fill in the bands exactly wherever they're needed they got a spot for you there's an, there's a there's an artist from around here that will fill that spot yeah. So you're not originally from Erie, are you? No, I uh, I was born in Youngstown, Ohio. Lived there most of my life. Went to went to college there. Um, Youngstown University. Yeah, Youngstown State University. Nice. Um, currently teach there online. Uh, but the uh, I had my first job after college in Youngstown. I worked for the Youngstown Neighborhood Development Corporation, mm-hmm. uh, which was a similar community uh, development organization. It was citywide. Uh, so all of Youngstown was serviced by one cool. uh, community development corporation. Um, Youngstown I, needs that help too. I feel like, yeah, it's a very interesting place, and it's uh, you know, in, in terms of like national case studies for community development, uh, a fascinating place to study mm-hmm. how the work um, of the Youngstown Neighborhood Development Corporation has been uh, progressing and, and all of the progress that they've made. Um, so yeah, that was an amazing experience working there. Uh, I had a great college experience there. Uh, and in 2019, I moved here for this job with the Erie Downtown Partnership. So you've been here three years, right before COVID started. Right before COVID. So I, I moved here to be the uh, downtown events manager. And there's no no events. Right before there were no events. Yeah. <laughs> was that, that had to have been like anxiety provoking. I just started a new job like right before COVID too. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm fired now because there's nothing. There's. Yeah. I think what kept uh, me in the job and what for a lot of people was just like the uncertainty of it mm-hmm. at the beginning. It's like, well, we don't want to lay this person off. Like who, you know. I remember the beginning, people thinking like, "Oh, in th- you know, three weeks, this is just it'll be over. Back to it'll normal. be over." Yeah, yeah. and they're like, <laughs> we had no idea, <laughs> right? No. You know, so and we pivoted during COVID, like a lot of nonprofits. We we did a lot of business assistance. Mm-hmm. We were um, really trying to support the downtown businesses in any way we can, right? Uh, and did a lot of virtual content, a lot of virtual events. Uh, we moved to socially distanced events. Um, some of the ones we held in 2020 were like the farmer's market to help people have access to fresh produce mm-hmm. um, in downtown. And then also we had a, a drive-in movie down at the Bayfront Convention Center. So we were we were creative and we, we worked with what we were able to do. Sure. But yeah, it was definitely a, a unique challenge as an events manager right. to, to pivot. 
I'm sure it took a lot of creative energy, especially like coming to a new place that you're not super familiar with. Well, I don't know how familiar you are with Erie, but I'd imagine coming to a new place and being uh, ingratiated into this um, like art scene and this uh, event scene was probably a interesting challenge to learn and to adapt, especially during a time where you had to like completely think creatively and do things that you probably weren't normally used to doing yeah i i didn't know anything about erie i a friend of mine recommended that i apply for this job and i i saw it and i had some experience with you know concert promotion and uh music stuff in youngstown i was like well this is a nice combination of both that world and community development Mm -hmm. um and applied for the job thinking that i wasn't like particularly qualified right uh got an interview got a second interview after my second interview I kind of just wandered around Erie. I took the day off and came up here and spent some time here. And I had a job offer in Pittsburgh as well. So I was between Erie and Pittsburgh and chose Erie because of that second interview I, I kind of explored around. Uh, it really struck me how like walkable Erie is, how close everything is, how mm-hmm. close it is to like outdoor recreation and uh, just how like how contained the community is with all of the arts and cultural institutions here and it, it's got the the bones of a much bigger city which i think youngstown did too and you know cities that were built for a much larger population during uh the height of manufacturing right that still have all of these great institutions and are still very accessible and walkable and um but it's just small enough of a city that you can really make a difference doing what you for want sure to do. for sure it, and i feel like it only takes a few good things and to, to make that kind of change, you know what I mean? Like a few, a few tweaks or a few things getting propped up in the right places. You can really change the whole like dynamic of a smaller city compared to like a bigger city like Pittsburgh that already has all of these things that are going for it. Yeah. What did they, what did Jess, when we had Jess and Nick Taylor on before, what did they call it? An unfinished 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 city. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because there's still there's a lot of things that Erie still needs and still is developing, and it's great for people to get that start rather than to go into somewhere that's already established. Also, Erie is one of those cities that has a very low barrier to entry. Like, if you're interested in getting involved in something, you could pretty easily meet the person that runs that yeah. in the city. Like the I one of the first weeks I was here, I ran into the mayor mm-hmm. while I was on my lunch break and he just sat down with me and had a conversation at this, you know, cafe downtown and you know, it Sweet. it felt very accessible. Like the the city was like some place where I could like if I want to play mm-hmm. music, for example, I could just go to shows, meet people, start playing music. Right. And and you've totally done that too in like the short time. Even I wouldn't even like count the first like year or so because like everybody was so secluded from each other, but like in the time since the restrictions have been lifted, like you're playing in multiple bands, you're performing and you're like making positive changes through the Erie Downtown Partnership. Yeah. And it was like, it was really a really quick process too. Like once live gigs started coming back, it was actually our mutual friend, Tyler Smilo, right. uh, who I knew just from the coffee shop downtown, mm-hmm. uh, happened to mention that I played violin, came here to this house to jam <laughs> right. and started playing with Smilo and the ghost. And now those guys, I mean, they're so big. They're here. They're, now, they're blown like, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've like outgrown me. They're playing all over the place. And, you know, I, I play occasional bigger local shows and stuff with them but it's been awesome to see what he's been able to do and um 
you know what he's putting together with like the fun the crowdfunding campaign. Oh my god, it's incredible, stuff. dude. Yeah. So it's good. awesome. But just to know people like that and then through that I got connected to so many other artists and um also the violin is weird cuz like in Youngstown we had a big high school orchestra. Mm-hmm. So like everybody and their brother played violin, viola, cello or something like that. Right. Here there's not a lot of that. So like once people knew I played violin, it's like, "Oh man, I want to you should come play violin for yeah, me. Right. And it's like, it was like a hot commodity. <laughs> you, yeah. you were the hot ticket in town for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Among all the, the, the punk folk musicians and all the other musicians out here. Yeah. yeah. And how, so like through that, you were able to discover and meet a lot of different people. I know that you uh, worked a lot on booking the bands and production for the Celebrate Erie last year. Has mm-hmm. it been like a challenge to find like performers or artists or bands that are uh, able to perform at that kind of level? No, I. that's the great thing about Erie is that, like, the music scene here is so, so, like, incredible and talented. And, like, like the the talent pool is so deep mm-hmm. that, like, every, every night of the week you can go out and see an amazing person playing live music. Right. And that, like, even cities this size and other communities are... Like stars for that blown away by the amount of talent in Erie when mm-hmm. I moved here. So it's the hard thing is, is choosing who not to book, right. You mm-hmm. know, like for whether it's through the EDP events, um, our summer concert series in Perry square or the, um, you know, the farmer's markets, we had live music all last year. Sure. Or, There's people at the food hall and stuff too. From yeah. time to time. Yeah. So like between those and Celebrate Erie, there's always people to pull. Mm-hmm. Um and I just for me it was going out. I tried to see three shows a week when I first moved here, even before COVID. I was trying to get out and like meet people in the scene and get to know people and that mm-hmm. that really helped and going to open mics too. Yeah. Because you see a lot of like budding talent and un untapped talent. Yeah, that's very, very cool. And I th- I think that's also one of the things that being in a smaller city kind of benefit us in a certain way. People don't get like lost in the sauce here. Like if somebody's a talented musician and making music, more than likely you're able to find them somewhere just through self-discovery and going to open mics and going to different concerts and all that stuff. Which- yeah, it's really it's really cool to see. And investing in those artists like who may not have a lot of um who may not have a lot of experience playing, like giving them a platform to play makes them a better performer mm-hmm. and gives back to the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It gives them the chance to, to hone their craft and put, I feel like it probably provides a lot of motivation for them to keep doing what they're doing and to keep striving to be better artists and better musicians. Yeah. And at, so at Erie downtown partnership, we have a minimum compensation clause too, for local artists. So oftentimes like, music you have to kind of name your price mm-hmm. if you're getting booked and and female artists artists of color often don't ask for as much money so mm-hmm. we want to make sure that everybody's paid fairly and paying people fairly paying artists fairly they put all that back into their craft and give you a better show they feel supported right they feel like there's somebody there out, you know supporting them they're seeing themselves reflected in the programming that's happening in public spaces like perry square uh, so that's another way of giving back to the scene and giving back to the artists locally that, that make Erie such a unique place to live. Right. I think that's huge too. I mean, we have a lot 
lot of female-led bands here. Yeah, we've had like a three different female-led bands. Well, three so far, and I mean, there's more than that. I mean, it's just so cool. And then the other thing, uh, we go to the King's Rook, King's Rook Club a lot, and on top of the local artists, it's real neat and eerie, I think. Uh, the the type of acts we can draw in that are more like national or international and they still come here just because it's such a you know diverse music scene yeah there's like hubs like that around the country where it's a smaller medium-sized market that still attract these national and regional acts because it's just such a great crowd comes out for it there's a lot of support enough so that it makes it worth it for them to make Erie a stop right and there's it's interesting too because we're right in between like three other bigger cities and i know a lot of times when you're doing bookings and contracts and stuff there's like non-compete clauses for a certain region or a certain area and i think it's really cool to see these people coming to erie and maybe like sacrificing cleveland or buffalo or another place that is would fill just as many people or get just as many people to the show um, but they'd rather come here to perform instead of any those other places. Yeah, and that's what you run into that a lot with national touring acts mm-hmm. that'll that'll have a radius clause or you know. But um, oftentimes it works in our favor because say somebody's coming from Buffalo to Columbus. Yeah, we're right in the middle. We're right in the middle, and maybe they have a date to fill. Um, so you know, we may even get a cheaper price to book a national act because of our location being so close to all these other major markets. Yeah. Is it is it tougher to get in certain genres of music? Like I know growing up here, that at least over the past couple decades, it's like a country music town. You know, I'm not big into country music, but it seems like the headliners. I mean, I know we had Joe Rule last year, but like it always seems like the headliners for like the big shows, events are all country music. Is it is it hard to get other like genres of music? I think for Celebrate Erie, there's been a big change in the way that that festival's been booked in the past couple of years since it became celebrate erie mm-hmm. rather than erie days you know right um sunday's always country because there's still a huge market for it here mm-hmm. that's kind of what also like stuff at the warner you always see a lot of like national country artists yeah stop at the warner um but that friday saturday we've tried to really push the envelope like last year job rule um was and you know having hip-hop main stage was I think a huge step forward for the festival. I think that we're hoping this year to continue the momentum and push the envelope with some newer, relatively newer mm-hmm. artists compared to, you know, the seventies and eighties, like legacy acts that, that used to come through the celebrate Erie. So, mm. um, yeah, I think that celebrate Erie is a, a spot where you can, as a city who gets this money through mainly sponsorships, like you can push the envelope a little more, um, the Warner Theater has to sell tickets, so they're they're bringing what sells, right. which is country, you know, or or Alice Cooper, you know, eighties eighties yeah, hair metal, yeah, Gordon Lightfoot, yeah. But but you know, they still get they get great stuff through there too, and mm-hmm. it's um, I'm always surprised to see stuff that comes through the Warner and like the theater in this town too. It's, it's awesome. Amazing. Dude. There's like so many. No matter what skill level you are, there's like a theater you can get involved in. Like from real amateur to like art house to like weird stuff to the playhouse to the Warner Theater, you can see a Broadway show. It's like there you can see every level of theater. Mm-hmm. And I and I really appreciate that we have like such a diverse theater scene here because like 
I greatly enjoy the the plays and the stuff that's done that's not quite so mainstream, that's a little bit more, uh, uh, I don't know, diverse or weird or whatever you want to call it, because that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy is that underground kind of not well-known stuff that's a little bit of secret that I can talk about to people and they'll have no idea what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah, and oftentimes that makes for a much better, like, experience uh, watching theater right. is that you're in a smaller room, there's a smaller audience, you really feel like you can interact and and feel a part of it. Right, it's very personal. Yeah, I, I really enjoy a lot of the like indie theater stuff that I've seen in town so far. I've never been a theater guy myself, yeah. but mm-hmm. like the the amount of talent on display and the diversity of shows that you can see make it easy to find something you can enjoy here. Right, and, and it seems like it's always, go, like, they they stay so busy, too. You know what I mean? Like, the drama shop has plays, like, every yeah. week. PACA has, like, long runs that go, like, month to month, pretty much, it seems like. I could go any weekend to see a small play in yeah. the Playhouse and Warner. Everybody just stays real busy and is on top of it. And I love that. And it's I think it's great that we are able to not only draw these big national performances like the broadway performances or the big nationally touring bands but we're able to showcase our local individuals that are talented and you know help them want to continue you know it's a good like starting spot for their career you know they're able to hone their craft before they you know maybe get to a nationally touring level or go to somewhere else where they're going to be doing broadway plays yeah and it's a town where you can see what is possible like even if you never left the area you'll still see a world-class Broadway play, if that's mm-hmm. what you're into. And then you, as a young person in theater, can look at that and be like, I'd love to get to that point. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody in a, in a town with less resources that is less blessed with talent, may you may never know anything outside of your high school or community theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, and same with Celebrate Erie. You see Ja Rule up there, you see ex-ambassadors, and you see your friends up there on the main stage opening for them. Right. You see that there's a you know, there's a path to bigger, bigger and better things. And if, if that's what you want to do, like there's potential here yeah. to be exposed to all that. Right. And, and sometimes performing in front of like a nationally touring band or like opening for them is such a huge, huge step for, you know, a smaller band that may not have that notoriety or that, uh, um, presence or that clout. Yeah. And it takes a lot to, to command that, that stage presence and also like even playing to go from like say a philly on the rocks mm-hmm. to a king's rook to a basement transmissions like yeah. there's multiple venues levels of venues where you could you know be performing at a corner bar or you could perform with a pretty professional sound and lighting setup um any given weekend here and get experience on those different stages right. as a performer absolutely and how does the erie downtown partnership First off, Erie Downtown Partnership. When we before we got here, me and Dave were like, "Is it Erie? Da- like, what is it? It's EDD something, ED something." And we're like, "No, it's not the EDDC. It's the Erie Downtown Partnership." Yeah. Do a lot of people get that confused? Yes. Yeah. The EDDC is a uh, Erie Downtown Development Corporation. They are primarily a property developer. Mm-hmm. They uh, take you know money from various funding streams, venture capital, and, and stuff like that, and they develop property. So the flagship city food hall, the new co-op, uh, new apartments going up downtown, that's all EDDC. The EDP, Erie Downtown Partnership, is the business improvement district, 
and a Main Street America certified uh, placemaking organization in downtown. So cool. What does what does that mean? So the business improvement district part of it, um, we collect a tax from the property owners to render services like snow removal, uh, sidewalk cleanup, trash cleanup, weeding, landscaping in the public right of ways. So sidewalks, um, alleys, and stuff downtown. Uh, that's our primary. Uh, thing that we're tasked with doing uh Mm -hmm. we were formed by the city so we work very closely with the city of erie to render those services we're also a placemaking organization so uh that's where my job fits in we do community events in public parks like perry square griswold park um we do public art uh we've done a couple murals worked with erie arts and culture to bring uh muralists to town or to tap local artists to do public art installations in downtown and we uh, do public space development, so making the parks uh, better places to hang out in. So you brought the ice rink? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the yes. Christmas tree and all that stuff? That's awesome, dude. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so our big events like Downtown of the Lights, we did the Winter Carnival recently. Uh, we have a summer concert series, farmer's markets. Um, what about 8 Great and the, the eight, beach? 8 Great is the Port Authority. Okay. Um, the beach concerts are UPMC and the Prescott partnership. Okay. So our, we have a district, so a geographic area kind of area from the Bayfront. Mm-hmm. So everything on the Bayfront all the way to 14th street and then from Sassafras to Holland. So okay. Liberty park is just outside of it mm-hmm. for eight grades. So that's the port authority, but pretty much anything in, in that district that I just described is, uh, you know, we have some say programming in there yeah. yeah did you guys do the set up the curling yeah we partnered yeah, with the edc awesome. to do the curling <laughs> yeah that was one of the so we partnered with the edc to do a number of things they um you know have been they we have very similar goals mm-hmm. as organizations we just we work in kind of different areas but the curling was one event that we uh collaborated on last year when it was in the park yeah um but yeah anything that we're you know we would love to see our public spaces in downtown become safe, welcoming, safe, fun, and welcoming for all. That's the, our mission. So creating a safer environment downtown, creating a more welcoming environment for downtown, um, and uh, make sure there's fun things to do. What's the biggest challenge with that? I think that, well, there's plenty of challenges. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are the challenges with that, I should say, then? I think the perception of downtown as being a place that's unsafe Mm-hmm. Uh, has worked against us and a lot of groups that are doing stuff downtown. Um, our safety ambassador team, so our cleanup team, used to just be focused on sidewalk trash, stuff like that. Um, the In the last year and a half, we have sort of moved to this model that we call the uh, downtown safety ambassadors. So not only are they picking up trash, but they're kind of um, trained in sort of uh, outreach for homeless individuals, uh, making those touch points, connecting them to resources. Uh, they're they're trained in, in sort of light uh, emergency, uh, you know, de-escalation tactics. Sure. They um, work very closely with the police and, and making sure that, the, you know, the homeless individuals downtown are, are you know, cared for and directed to services and, and that, uh, you know, our events are safe and welcoming places that they're... Um, you know, so they do a lot more than just clean mm-hmm. now, and I think that that is one way in which we've been trying to address some of these 
safety concerns. Another one is just making downtown a, a place that people want to come. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, you're pretty responsible for like making these events cool and fun and interesting and coming up with ideas mm-hmm. to you know get people down there that they'll want to come out of their house and participate in these things right yeah and as we uh kind of like switched our our mission to be the safe fun and welcoming for all uh we did away with the model that we were working with in the past so before i was there erie downtown partnership was in charge of block parties Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and bike nights so the block parties had become a real problem for the city it was dangerous to close down a street, especially in a downtown with narrow one-way streets. Sure. Very little access for emergency vehicles. Um, so they wanted to minimize the amount of street closures, and they wanted to minimize the risk associated with the block parties. There was a lot of, you know, it was basically you close down a street, you get an 80s cover band, and you let people drink until they pass out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember. It drew a lot of people downtown, <laughs> but, like, for us, it was a huge liability. We had to pull a PLCB permit every time. We had to sell the beer, mm-hmm. so we had to hire bartenders. And um, it really only benefited the one bar that the block party was in front of mm-hmm. each week. So they were expensive. They were becoming a huge risk to the safety of people downtown so we did away with that model and moved towards this like more regular activation more family-friendly events uh so whereas we might have done 10 to 12 events a year before last year we did 140 events wow in 2022 so everything from yoga you know uh walking group in the park uh you know fitness class to movies in the park farmers markets downtown delights uh fall fest cycle fest um yeah so we we've moved towards a a more regular activation to build a more reliable density right and i think that's a much better move like as much as erie is like a party city and people like to go downtown and get drunk and have a good time and listen to 80s cover bands that's not really the that that's a very small demographic you know what i mean of people and you got the same people coming and that's great and they enjoy it they love it that's awesome but that's not really what I think a downtown should be identifying as like their primary goal yeah. or thing they should be doing is providing a space for people to. And it's not a good strategy for sustainable economic development. Like mm-hmm. if you want to draw people downtown to support retail shops and bars and restaurants and, you know, a lot of the stuff that, and if you want to draw people downtown to, to live there, like EDDC is building apartments, like you need more accessible, uh, welcoming, uh, you know, sustainable events mm-hmm. and, right. a, and a full calendar of really really safe events that are not creating that environment i think that the the impact of the block parties like you would see thousands of people in the street but are they hanging around and shopping downtown are they going to bring their kids there on a sunday morning right mm-hmm. or are they going to come down and, and drink 10 beers for $20 and then and then get in their car and drive home. You yeah, know? that's what they're going to do. That's, yeah. that's, that's probably what, what they're, they're going to do. do. So it was, you know, it was an unpopular decision at the time, I think, to do away with the block parties. But you could still come and party at the, like, we still have concerts. And they're, they're just not called block parties. They're not marketed in that way. Mm-hmm. And that has changed the whole dynamic of the events. Now people bring blankets and picnics and they sit on the Perry Square grass and they watch a band on a stage that the city spent millions of dollars to build. So, right. you know, why not use the stage instead Absolutely. of putting a tin can in the middle of the street? I, I think in this city, <laughs> you know, everybody just wants to, not everybody, but so many people want to just try to get it in in the summer. 
Like, yes, you know, like it's like we're, I don't agree that we're a summer city, but so many people that live here, it's just like for the seven months where it's cold, leave me alone. I'm staying at home. I want to just rage for four months in the summer. Yeah. And that's the like year round programming was something that, that the businesses wanted to see. And when we surveyed the public, that's what they wanted to see. So, you know, instead of just doing the tree lighting, the downtown delights, we have a skating rink this past year, you know, an activity for people to come and do something during the winter. And if you give them something to do, people will do it. Oh, right? yeah. Absolutely. I think that there's been a just a vacuum in terms of winter activities. And like we were really pleased with the success of Winter Carnival because I think that was something that people were like, oh, something to do. Like the perception is that no one's going to want to do stuff in the winter, but people when, always want to do stuff. Whenever we have stuff, people come down. So Erie, Erie is a four season city, and uh, programming around that has also been part of the new um, model. And even stuff like Fall Fest, um, you know, the ice skating, the curling, the, you know, we have several vendor events. We make a big deal out of Small Business Saturday now with a big. Uh, thing at the Boston store and stuff in Perry Square. So, uh, yeah, I think the, but there's so much pressure on the summer. Like, it's like, oh, we better have a good summer because that's all that's we've the got. Time. Yeah. Yeah. We got four months here before it snows again. Yeah. So, has, has redirecting that, obviously, you said at first there were some people that were probably upset and uh, caught a little flag for it. But I think that the new perception or the new idea or the new, um, type of theme for our city that you're trying to push overall has been successful for you guys. Yeah, we've seen incredible success and, and a great positive response to all of our new programming. And, you know, we're pretty much, we've got two whole years under our belt now with 2021 and 2022, having like programmed outdoor safe, you know, socially distant events. And, um, we're really learning what works, what doesn't work, especially like that, the skating rink, like we learned so much. It was basically like having an entire new business to run. Mm -hmm. We had to hire staff and, uh, for context, the Erie downtown partnership is myself and my boss, Emily Fetchko. Mm -hmm. We're a two person team. We have three safety ambassadors who do the street cleaning, uh, and services. And then we're looking and I'm not sure when this will come out, but we may have hired a development director. It's big. A big step. I saw that job. Nice. Yeah. I, I was I was wondering if I should. I like thought to myself if I should apply for it, honestly. But I, I remember seeing that, so that's really exciting. Yeah, I would encourage everybody if you think you would like to apply to apply. I, for for us at least the, um, and I think it's part of the reason why I got hired. So it, we were saying we really want to hire for vibes, not just skills. Mm -hmm. Like we want somebody who really jives with the mission who's really committed, who understands that like the work as a public facing organization, it, it doesn't stop at five o'clock. Like you're, you're working, you're really living your job. Right. And you know, that attitude is very important for us when we're, we're looking to add to our team. Um, so not just, not just skills and development and fundraising and stuff like that, but, but a true understanding of, of the, uh, the mission and the attitude that you need to bring to a nonprofit. Right. And I, and I think that's so big because I think, a lot of it sounds like a lot of the work and a lot of the research that you've you're describing that you've done in order to make these events successful and to get these people to come out and to talk to the bands and the artists is not a nine to five type deal well yeah that's the thing like for me booking is easy because i spend all my weekends every weekend playing and seeing live music mm -hmm. in town and 
just meeting people. So, uh, I think it's, it's really, and I was fortunate when I moved here that that was part of my job. So whether it, it helped my job and the Erie downtown partnership, or it helped me personally, uh, become more comfortable playing and, and find a, a niche in the music scene. Like the, it worked hand in hand for me, which was a really great way to move to a new city where I didn't know anyone at all mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, I think even if you are not currently involved in this stuff, like I said, you could very easily get involved if you want to. Mm-hmm. It's just persistence and putting the time in like everything else in the world. Yeah. Um, so what do you, where do you see the, oh my gosh, there's so many E's and letters <laughs> for all the acronyms of ED. all the different organizations down here. EDP. The EDP. Where do you guys see yourself going? Like what are some, what would you like to see like as a, uh, future events or future things that you're going on is there like a goal do you guys have like a a, a five-year plan or a two-year plan or anything like that yeah so we just finished a uh our strategy and outlining like yeah where we're going in the next three to five years and uh the big thing is public space development so working with the city on streetscaping uh improving parks like perry square griswold park um improving shared public spaces in a way that helps support our events um, and to support the uh, other community activities. Right. So, I think Griswold Park is such a underutilized area that people yes. mm-hmm. that it's like a really cool space. I, I I go to a meditation there on the weekends that me and some friends all do on Sundays, and it's just not. It, it seems like it's such a cool area that's just not used as much as it as it could be. Yeah. It really. Or at all. It doesn't get the love that Perry Square gets, I think, because Perry Square is right in the heart of downtown and so close to, honestly, like big money, Mm area insurance and stuff, uh, you know, investors that want to see it succeed. Right. uh, And see that area succeed. Um, Griswold Park has so much potential, though. We have our Fall Fest there every year. Uh, We do some of our fitness classes there. It's a really great space. There's stages set up there, too, part for some of the bigger festivals as well, right? Yeah, we'd have to get a city bandwagon, but it would be great to have a standalone building like in Perry Square that would be easier to pop up, at, you know, um, to store tents, tables, and chairs in there, make it easier to program mm-hmm. the space. Uh, there's a really awesome, dedicated set of business uh, owners in that area of town who are really invested in the success of Griswold Park, who are kind of on board with cool. That part there, I mean, our, there's a lot of great things like right across the street on state. You know what I mean? The, the, you got Packer, Paca, you got glass or not glass glowers, but the Erie City Gallery, and yeah. you got calamaris. You got Feed, which is now starting up. Down yeah, there. Feed is amazing, and 1020 Collective and Keller's All those people. And, yeah, yeah. Breweries right down there. Yeah, the brewery. Yeah, it's there's right, there's yeah. a bunch yeah. of cool places that that could easily be turned into like a hub for all sorts of activities, you know, and bring the people down to check out those businesses that are so cool and unique. Yeah. Feed is, is also another example of like we, so we used to store the tree in the basement there of that building. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we got a call like, Oh, we got to move our tree. Cause they sold it to this, this new guy, Benton Bainbridge, who I don't know if you had on the show, but you guys have to have that guy. We haven't yet. We've talked, well, we had Jess and Nick on here and they, they directed us towards a couple artists, the sculpture artists that they work with at Feed, and uh, the guy who's, I might have been the person that you're referring to that kind of put Feed together and is trying to yeah. make it a really cool art space, interactive art space. He's a great guy. He's had a crazy career. He was like 
a videographer with the Beastie Boys living in New York. Oh, hell yeah. And, yeah. That's dope. He, but he's got like a really great resume of like art and, and video work. And, um, but so I, I didn't know him when they told us we just needed to get our tree out. So I went and I was like, well, at least somebody bought this building rather right. than have it it's sit here. It's a huge here. space. Yeah. And then I met Benton and I was like, oh, somebody cool bought it. That's even better. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're very excited that, that stuff like that continues to happen downtown that mm -hmm. downtown is is becoming a hub for really creative individuals with crazy ideas who have the uh you know the the, the time ability. and energy and effort to put into seeing it come to fruition right and there, there's so many like maybe not so many empty buildings but i see like so many in other cities i see like all of those buildings like i don't know if there's anything up there in erie you know what i mean but i know that in other areas that i've been to with a street similar to state street it seems like all like the whole building is full you know mm -hmm. not just the bottom floor or the ground floor yeah and i see a lot of buildings downtown on state street where all i know is that there's there's stuff going on on the ground floor and it seems like there's a lot of ex other space and underutilized space and space that can be you know, turned or changed or manipulated into something that will be able to be successful and sustainable down there. Yeah. And that's a big part. So that five-year strategy is all about finding out how to better utilize the space that we do have, uh, public space and like other pockets of downtown, like the alleyway between Lavery's and, um, what's that mother Teresa Academy across yeah. like that basement transmissions and yeah. stuff like that area that alleyway has the potential to be like so cool and unique and right there's know. empty buildings right there too yeah 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 there's a um yeah big brick building big and brick stuff. building next to gadenzia or basement transmissions i've always wondered what's going on there and how much i could buy it for yeah i know i <laughs> would be glad to connect you with the property uh, well i, I can't try to do something with it for a while <laughs> i would love to but i don't actually have any money at yeah. all <laughs> but it but it but it's like a future dream you know you see these different spaces and mm -hmm. these different buildings that come up for sale and it's like wow like that could that could be something with the right amount of effort and finances behind it it could really be turned into something that's you know special and unique and there's so many special and unique areas and parts of erie like other than state street you know you got that little section by basement transmissions you got uh the hill the federal district now or whatever and so many different places that are just like starting to really like come into their own you know the west erie plaza 1020 collective all these places are coming up and just making showing that there is potential to transform and to change these things into something that suits us better than these abandoned buildings and i think the coolest part of it is you know I, i've never lived in another city but i can only imagine in a bigger city that that different people from different disciplines and walks of life don't work as well together that they do here because just like just people we've had on things we see like just totally different types of businesses organizations filling you know the downtown area they're all just working together to try to make the space better for everybody yeah and that was a real tide change i feel like when i first moved here a lot of the complaints were like everybody's working in a silo mm -hmm. you know nobody's talking to each other nobody's doing that and and to flip that and try to encourage collaboration over competition has been another you know rally cry that we've tried to to promote downtown is like you know we are all invested in each other's success we are all here to see this thing grow we need to start collaborating instead of 
you know, trying to be the top dog on State Street or, or you know, even businesses and, and stuff like that. Like there's so many businesses now that I see collaborating on products and so many bands sharing members and cross collaborating and, and festivals putting stuff together and the, yeah, the amount of community uh, collaboration and involvement and cross pollination here in Erie is really impressive to me, especially coming from a city like Youngstown where uh, Youngstown's about half as big as Erie. At this point, I think it's about 60,000 people, uh, 55,000 people. But they're, you know, it just seemed like it was the way that people describe, like, the eerie of the, you know, 2000s and 2010s. We're like, everybody's working in a silo. This group doesn't want to talk to this group, doesn't want to work with these people. And, and it's just so much easier to communicate and collaborate. Mm-hmm. And I think that the old idea of opposites attract is not really true in a lot of ways when we're talking about business you know you really what when you see one place flourishing it really affects the surrounding area you know what i mean like you had like you started off with with mark with with uh paca and now you have city gallery next door and you got all the other people that are moving into PACA and you see one place starting to flourish and they're able to be like, Hey, you know, come sit at the table with us, come join us here and help us make this a really attractive area for people to come and visit and spend money and enjoy themselves with their friends and family or whoever it is to, uh, you know, just make that place flourish and make it successful. There's so many like hidden diamonds in the rough. Yeah, and like Gallery Night is a great example of an event that oh, yeah. really brings together all of the businesses. The Downtown Art Brunch, uh, which is a collaboration between City Gallery, 1020 Collective, Glass Growers. Um, you know, and all these galleries downtown, instead of competing and each having their own event and each standing on a corner with a megaphone, mm-hmm. you know, they're coming together. And it's like, you know, if people come downtown, of, they would come to this place and also this place right. and also this place. Like you know, They don't want to spend all their time in one spot. They want to be entertained yeah. for a while and be able to move around and see more things than just one area. And coming together magnifies the impact because not only are you having City Gallery's audience aware of the event, now Glass Growers and now 1020 and Keller's or whatever, all of their audiences are mm-hmm. aware um, and may go to other parts of this event that's like a collaboration between all the businesses. That's a really great model for um, events, especially like from, you know, just visiting other cities. You really can't give people enough to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like people. The more activity, the more people will come. You know, you're not you're not competing for a thousand people's attention any given week. You have the potential to grow that audience by collaborating. Right. And, and sharing that audience, you know what I mean? Somebody might be a big fan of Pack and have gone there a couple of times, but they might not know that Glass Growers is really cool too, or that 1020 Collective even exists, or, you know, any of those other places. And being able to share that knowledge and share that information is just beneficial to everybody. You know, you pass things back and forth instead of trying to sit on your mountain of gold treasures like well, a dragon. I, yeah. think, I think it's also important too with... Um, keeping people in Erie, you know, because I, I, it's definitely changing. You know, we've talked about this a lot, but I know for a fact, or at least for me, I think Tony can back this up. Like growing up for us, it was like Erie was a place that if you were young, you wanted to get out of, like the dream was to get out of Erie right, leaving Erie, and mm-hmm. go somewhere else. And I think when you, 
when you put all this stuff in place and when you have everyone working together and you have these cool events, it, 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 it's vibrating, you know, it brings a, a certain, uh, energy to the city that makes you want to stick around. Yeah. And I think even people who do leave and come back, uh, I think it's great to leave your hometown. I think that you get a lot of experience. Sure. I think that you, uh, you know, you can see how other places, uh, connect and collaborate and, and join together and, um, and traveling too is really important. And you think about like what draws people to other cities is the density of activity. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go somewhere where things are happening and it's like plenty of stuff is happening here. Mm-hmm. I think you just need to sometimes like go out, experience other things. And when you come back and see your own town with a fresh set of eyes, cause I even think this about Youngstown now when I go back to visit is like you, you see all of this stuff in a new light as somebody who's like visiting. So I know a lot of people who moved away and then came back to Erie and are like all in mm-hmm. with the new Erie Renaissance and, and doing stuff. And, um, I, I think it's, I think it's a great experience whether you travel or you leave your hometown, but it, you know, you can always bring something to the table with that experience too. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think there are so many smart young people in Erie that are, you know, going to any number of the different colleges that are around here that, um, we lose afterwards, you know what I mean? And like you said, it is very important to go out and travel and follow your, your passions and your goals and to see different things. But I also want to see, I don't want to be, I don't want it to be a, uh, there needs to be like a balance. I don't want everybody going, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We, We need to keep some people that are staying or maybe the people that traveled to Erie to go to college to keep these bright young people here and interested and intrigued and see the potential and the opportunities that are here. So we're not just creating smart people and then sending them away. You know, we, we need to make sure we hold on to some of those people as well. Yeah. And the way you retain a population is just by doing that, like giving people stuff to do, mm-hmm. instilling them with a sense of pride and ownership for the spaces in their city and the events that they go to and making them feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. And all of these things, community events, placemaking, public art, that all works towards that, like not only attracting people from even like Erie County mm-hmm. into the city center, but like, you know, people from around Buffalo, Cleveland, or the, the greater Erie region, mm-hmm. not only working to attract those people, but to reinforce to people who maybe live in, in Erie, in the city, on the east side or the west side, like, hey, this is cool. You know, this wasn't happening 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a, this renewed sense of pride in their community. Right. And they're more likely to invest in their community if they feel that sense of pride. Right. And, and if they see that opportunity for the direction things are going, if they see that positive change in, in their community, I feel like they're much more likely to see, like, ha- or to have their own, you know, thoughts or dreams be about like being a part of that change and helping facilitate that change and getting on, on, on the ground level, you know, rather than jumping in somewhere mid tier or halfway through a project. Mm -hmm. And city, I mean, Erie is a city that is willing to experiment too. There's plenty of groups that are doing stuff. They're, you know, completely new and they're going out on a limb and saying like, Hey, we're, we're going to try doing this. Benton, you know, I'm going to try to have a media arts center, yeah. uh, like a meow wolf or something kind of, yeah. Like it's, it's pretty out there right. for, for Erie traditionally. And, and I think the, 
um, tolerance for risk is a little higher mm -hmm. than in other cities this size. I think the amount of risk is a lot lower too. Yes. Yeah. You so you're, I mean? you're the, like I said, the barrier to entry is low right? and the tolerance for risk is high. You get a lot of really cool stuff mm -hmm. and some sweet rewards for sure. And, uh, that barrier being so low makes it easy for, for people to jump in. And that's important because there are a lot of places where like trying to open a bakery or a retail shop or a digital or a media arts place is like completely out of the question without serious financial backing behind you somewhere. Yeah. Or you're in a place where it's already like over gentrified and you're like, Oh, another media arts. Center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, so I think we're in a, we're at a good middle ground. Like we have the resources in the community to do big things and the tolerance for risk. And also, um, you know, it's easy to get involved. Right. It's not oversaturated, but I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a really interesting time and I'm really excited to see where it's going. And I'm glad that we have, uh, organizations with lots of starting initials that I don't know or understand <laughs> that are out there trying to make this a better place and that we have that backing and that ability to make those change and that there are people working on, you know, trying to do it for so long. And maybe this was just my own perspective or ideas on the world that I didn't see any sort of people kind of putting in that effort to make those positive changes. You know, I didn't know that the EPD existed or any organization like it that was trying to, you know, make these changes or the ones that were felt like stagnant, like they weren't, they hadn't, they had X accomplished and it wasn't going to go anywhere and it wasn't getting any bigger or moving or making progress. Whereas now I feel like there's a lot of progress being made and that the interest and the, ability to continue to grow is there yeah i think i think this is a huge pivot point i mean i kind of agree with you a couple years back it seemed like all eerie was was like eerie days how you know used block to be. parties buck night mm -hmm. a uh, good place to get wasted roar on the shore roar on yeah, the shore. and, and rib yeah. fest I, I get down with rib fest rib fest is good yeah rib fest is great and the, the um i think rib fest has also changed to meet the times and is working on you know getting local bands and original music and like, um, you know, they're, they're pivoting along with downtown. They're growing with downtown. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, stuff like, I love the guys on Facebook that think that we ruined Roar on the Shore. That's a, that's, that's a more sensitive issue than block parties. Yes, it is for <laughs> sure. Absolutely. None of us had anything to do with, like that was the business manufacturing association. And they just, I mean, when Ralph Pontillo passed away, there was no one to really pick up that torch, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't EDP. We had nothing to do with Roar the Shore. We had a, we held a survey. Mm -hmm. uh, we surveyed downtown businesses and asked them, like, does Roar on the Shore really like help you? And some of them were like, yeah, and some of them were like, no, not at all. So, you know, it's hard to strike that balance with a with an event, especially taking up public space and roads and blocking off businesses and stuff. Cause like, yeah, the coffee shop or the flower shop is not going to be helped by roar on the shore. No. If they were to come back downtown, like it's just going to be, you know, they'll probably close for a week. Mm -hmm. Like why bother? So it wasn't really like there were also a lot of issues, safety issues with that event. So I'm sure they had their share of issues, but yeah, there's, 
plenty of guys from Waterford who will comment on our Facebook page, bring back Roar. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And it's really hard sometimes to see something that is like widely considered a success by the people because it brings in all these people and you see all this activity and these things going on downtown for an event like Roar on the Shore to kind of put an end to it and say, you know, we're going in a different direction now or we're not going to have this anymore because of a b and c or you know whatever the situation is and people really fear that change i think and Mm -hmm. fear that um movement in a different direction especially when it's something that people are like oh you know why would they get rid a lot of people don't have that perspective or that idea that maybe this isn't as beneficial as they would like to believe it is or as um successful as they're led to believe it is and yeah it's a it's a very small sliver of the population that was served by that event and i think that when that you know and anybody when your thing is attacked and said that like actually parts of this are really bad yeah (laughs) like you know you're gonna be you're gonna have your feelings hurt if you're a motorcycle guy and you've gone to that event for decades and you you know that's your thing i'm sure you're sad to see it go um but there's plenty of other things you know Mm -hmm. things are going to change you know events are going to come and go and that's just the way that like a city kind of moves and changes so you know i think the last year roar was out at the speedway at the speedway speedway, instead and and it's like does that make more sense for that type of event yeah but also the manufacturing business association probably just felt like this is a big headache for just a fundraiser for manufacturing businesses like could we could we do this in some other way where we don't have to hold a seven day festival? Right. And I don't know why they chose to not continue with it, but I I have a feeling that it was like, does this make sense post COVID? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there is a demand for something or enough of a demand for something, that void will be filled. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's bikers that are missing roar on the shore or any other event that's been changed or modified if people miss that old thing somebody who's feeling ambitious or feel or has the ability or sees that demand or thinks they can be successful with it will take up that mantle you know and uh it may not start to be as like big or as gigantic as roar on the shore is having you know thousands of people come and stuff but if there is a a demand the people will show it and if you start something like that to to replace it it'll meet success and if it doesn't meet success then maybe the demand is not what we thought it was yeah yeah exactly and that's i mean also when we're talking about like a, a higher tolerance for for risk and wanting to go out on a limb and try stuff like there's plenty of things that people are trying now like the olivers down on the bay has bike nights that have been really successful and Mm -hmm. are you know targeting that same audience so there's there's still plenty of stuff you know maybe the the lead singer from warrant isn't going to come and play a concert (laughs) on state street but (laughs) yeah and and there there there's uh it just takes time to to refill that void you know or to recognize that there's that void and where it can be filled whether it's going to Oliver's for bike night or any of the other uh, motorcycle-friendly establishments around here, rather, and you can do that whenever, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be an all-out, drag-out, seven-day giant festival to, to meet that demand. Maybe they really only need like a couple nights a week or a week out of the month to have bike night. 
um, or whatever it is to satisfy that itch that people have for that kind of entertainment. Yeah. And even like there, we had a uh, classic car thing at our fall fest last year and that was a huge success. I mean, the, those guys are just happy to come out They show off their cars. They passed out candy and stuff. And, you know, I would love to start integrating stuff like that into our events a little bit more casually, but I think, you know, we were very wary of doing stuff like bike nights and block parties because of the connotation that it held mm -hmm. and the type of behavior it encouraged. Right. Um, but you know, if we plan on putting a survey out to the community, depending on when this comes out, it may already be out. So check out Erie downtown partnership on Facebook and Instagram, uh, and take our events survey. Tell us what hmm. you'd like to see. Absolutely. And do you, would you say that like doing the research is a big part of your job or what you and your partner, your boss do? Yeah. And all of our activities, all of our, um, events and programming is informed by community feedback. And that's a big thing that another, uh, distinction as a main street America placemaking organization, you know, we feel we have a, a responsibility to not only program for downtown to draw people downtown to support businesses, but also give the community what they want, you mm -hmm. know, and that's everybody from residents of the downtown apartment buildings, uh, you know, the high rises, low income apartments, neighborhood residents on the East and West side and the South side who walk into downtown every day to, you know, get food and, and services. Like we want to make sure that our events are reflecting what they want to see in their community. So all of our programming is, is, um, you know, informed by public feedback. Uh, the last major survey we did was right before COVID. So that one kind of informed everything we did after COVID. Uh, and we're hoping to reach back out to the community again this spring. Mm -hmm. And how big of a, just cause I'm like a big science survey statistics nerd, like how, how many people do you usually get feedback from in a given when you guys put out a survey? The last one we got about, I think it was 10,000 awesome. respondents, which was great. Yeah. yeah we that's were really awesome population well, size. We were really happy with it. And I think, um, you know, a lot of our big partners helped us push it out there and, you know, we got it on the news and everything, uh, hoping to do it again, hoping to make a big push and, and get a similar sample size so that, yeah, it does feel like we're really listening to the community. Um, we're also going to make an effort to translate the survey into other languages to Great. have printed surveys if you don't have a computer um, and deliver some of those printed surveys to the downtown uh, high rises and, and low income apartments, uh, really hoping to reach out and, and get a, a true finger on the pulse of what people want to see. All right. So follow them on Instagram, the e e EPD, Erie, EDP, Erie, Erie downtown partnership. Oh my God. EPD is the police. My, my dyslexia yeah, and ADD police department. just doesn't let me say <laughs> the Erie kind of partnership of downtown. <laughs> follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, go to their events and, uh, make your voice heard too, because that's really awesome that I think that the people in the community have an impact and that you guys are listening and looking for ways to hear from them about how you can make things better and how you can do your job better and what kind of events and things that they're interested in. That's so important. And it's, it, it shows in the, like the work that you guys have done over the past two years. Yeah. And if there's anything that I could say about sort of our vision for Erie in the next five years, it would be, uh, you know, a downtown core that is designed around the community that uses it. Uh, so really trying to achieve a, a safe, fun and welcoming downtown for all informed by the community 
that uses that downtown every day, whether you're an employee, a resident, or a visitor. Awesome. Yeah. So, so huge. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Check out their Facebook, the Erie Downtown Partnership, the EDP. EDP. Check out their Facebook, Instagram. Look for their surveys and stuff like that. Go see Dave performing for any number of bands that he's with yeah. on any given night. I'll shout out a couple. So I'm a keyboard and violin player in This American Song. Uh, I'm playing with Matt Craze, uh, who has solo stuff. He's amazing. I play with... Uh, Michelle L. Taylor mm-hmm. and the L. Taylor band. I play with my friend uh, Jen Meyer in a band she put together called Bummer Country. Uh, I do my own solo uh, stuff called Shadow Plea. It's me with a bunch of synthesizers and loops and Ooh, that sounds fun. Noisy that sounds crap. Dope. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some bands, but that's uh, I'm trying to think. Might be it for now. Cool. More. Check them out, dude. More will be revealed. Keep your eyes open for for Dave Tamulon, as you guys have seen him now. That people oh, that Logan, are watching Logan B and Dirty Leaf. We got a St. Patrick's Day show tomorrow. Voodoo uh, Brewery in Meadville. Oh, this is gonna be too late. They're gonna miss that. Oh, it's gonna come out later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it was a great show. Yeah, it, it was. It was yeah. an awesome Everybody's show. gonna be congratulating you on your success. Great job, Dave. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we had a great time at that show. Yeah, in a different dimension. <laughs> yeah, that show was amazing, and we were already there. We were there. <laughs> so keep up the good work. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Um, keep your eyes open for more amazing interviews and content about the city that uh, is continuing to grow and change and we're learning to love thank you so much peace peace